Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's the big show on a Tuesday live at my hearing centers. Call them 801-438-7058. I'm Austin filling in for Jake Scott. Gordon Monson with us as always. And it's time for our weekly sit-down NFL Insider Report with our guy Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson Podcast, part of the Locked On NFL Podcast Network. Matt, thanks for uh, joining us again. How are you, sir? I am great. How are you? We're doing fine. We've got uh, no shortage of NFL news and topics to start and talk about with you uh, today here. But I wanted to start with this newfound love around our parts of the Las Vegas Raiders, especially with how they took care of the Saints last night. What was your takeaway from uh, that game again uh, there on Monday Night Football? Yeah, I didn't see it coming, to be very honest with you. Uh, I thought the Saints defense would have been the best unit on the field. I thought the Raiders' defense would be a liability. But, wow, I mean, I think you got to say that's 50, you know, 50% of Drew Brees kind of looking his age and not having Michael Thomas. I thought that was gigantic. But, you know, the other half of the other 50% is the Raiders are an improving team. I mean, the offense to me just screams Coach Gruden and Carr played a very efficient game. He's looked like a better player this year. Josh Jacobs, to me, is already amongst the best backs in the league and is the foundation of that offense. Everything kind of goes through him. And they have a Travis Kelsey-like star in Darren Waller. And it was good for the the whole nation to realize just how talented he is and how difficult he is to deal with. So, Matt, to what do you attribute all these injuries that happened this last weekend, uh, I mean, this is crazy. Do you think it's because of a lack of training camp or any of that, or do you think it was just coincidental? Yeah, I, I really don't have a great answer for you. I mean, if it was more, you know, pools, hamstring pools, things like that, dehydration, I would say, boy, that, that that's just a lack of conditioning, lack of training camp, lack of preseason but these were a lot of, you know, torn ACLs and things like that that I don't know training harder or, you know, a, a normal training camp would have prevented. So I, I tend to lean towards just a really bad week in NFL history, and it could have happened any given year, and they all kind of just hit at the same time. But hopefully we'll see it again going forward because that would really be a trend, and that would be really scary. One of those that was injured, of course, uh, Drew Locke of the Denver Broncos. He'll miss three to five weeks with a shoulder injury. And today we saw the news that the Broncos agreed to uh, a one-year deal with Blake Bortles. Uh, a, part of the question, Blake Bortles, your, your evaluation of him as a quarterback and what he'll do for the Broncos. And B, should Colin Kaepernick be getting a job like that before a guy like Blake Bortles? Yeah, I, I hadn't thought of the Kaepernick angle um Bortles to me is a now a backup for the rest of his life and probably a mid-tier one there's some ability there 
Uh, he's a big, strong guy. You can kind of understand why he was an early pick. He's a good athlete. I mean, those, all those things are in place. They need a mobile-type quarterback there to execute that system. He doesn't have to be a great runner, but he needs to be a good athlete. Bortles fits that. Kaepernick certainly would fit that. I mean, there's just so much more to take on if you if you sign Kaepernick. And I think that, you know, these guys that just don't have enough time this year to prepare anyway don't want to spend extra time dealing with the peripheral of Kaepernick being part of the organization too. And frankly, I mean, we've seen Bortles play lately. We haven't seen Kaepernick play lately. And you wonder, I know that there's more to his story than, than obviously we can even get into. I mean, like there's, there's a huge um, amount of things that go with him, but the facts of it are, how much is he going to play for? You know, like when when people were kicking the tires on him, it sounded like he wanted a big contract. Is uh, how can you give him a big contract if you haven't seen him play in three years? And is that his number one goal to play football anymore? I, I don't know that. Uh, I kind of have my doubts with the way his workouts went. The, the, you know, the most recent thing we've seen from him. Matt, I'm curious to know your opinion of the. Falcons handling or non-handling of that onside kick against the Cowboys. Uh, what did you uh, make of that? Huge blunder. <laughs> I mean, this team has made an art out of losing games they should win. Um, obviously, going back to the Super Bowl against New England, and this was just another remarkable instance. Shows that even more. I can't understand why. Wouldn't jump on that thing in that first ten yard period. Sort of manner. And I'm sure it's a type of kick that they had never practiced, never seen. And I understand that, but you gotta know the rules and you gotta know hey, if I get on this thing the game's over and you know, they they can't do anything. I just thought it was a massive blunder. Losing you a bit there, uh, Matt, or, uh, but it oh, sounded sorry. like you're you just saying it was a massive blunder for the uh, the, the Falcons. We I've heard people saying, yeah, it, it, you probably should have jumped on it, but a lot of coaches tell you, wait for that 10 yards in case that ball stops before it goes 10 yards. I, I take it you don't subscribe to that thinking. Looks All like we right, may have did. lost Matt Williamson. Let's see if we can uh, reconnect with him. In a moment, Gordon, I'm going to ask him about the play of Cam Newton so far. Uh, It looks like he is rejuvenated, re-energized, and looking like that MVP caliber player he was uh, back in the day with Carolina. And there's a lot of uh, general managers around the league that uh, should be asked a question this week. Why didn't you sign Cam Newton when you had the chance? Yeah, Let's ask that to Matt here. Matt uh, Williamson with us from Locked On NFL and the Peacock and Williamson podcast. Matt, I was telling Gordon and asking Gordon about this. I'm going to pose it to you. Cam Newton, uh, he looks like uh, 31 GMs made a big whiff not signing him. Uh, What's the story there? Why did 31 pass on him? It's crazy. And I was even saying that at the time that I thought that he was a – somewhere from like the eighth to 12th best quarterback in on the planet, you know, as, as recently as this off season while he was unemployed, wrote some articles about it. Like, why would you not take a chance on this guy? 
I called out teams like the Chargers and Denver and just said, you have a gift sitting here that you should jump on and upgrade the most important position on the field. Why are you not doing this? And I absolutely understand that, yes, he was coming off injuries. He's a big personality that the COVID situation absolutely hurt him because, of course, you'd love to get him in your building and have your doctors check him out. And that wasn't feasible this year. But, man, I mean, his resume speaks for himself. He's a high-impact player. He's a much better passer than people realize. I mean, typical Belichick, he steals a star quarterback that's by far his best offensive player right now. <laughs> Matt, I uh, wanted to ask you about that Chiefs-Chargers game uh, and about the Chiefs in general. I mean, I thought that was really, really unbelievable to watch Harrison Butker hit three straight field goals, the first two negated because of a penalty and because of a timeout. Uh, is this guy the best kicker in the game? And isn't it interesting that you can put two teams on the field and they can battle it out the whole time and they have skilled players everywhere, and in football you still have a kicker come out on the field and win it for you or lose it? <laughs> yeah, to your second point, yes, and as much as I love the game and it's my livelihood and it's been my passion since I could crawl, it's one of my least favorite aspects about it, you know, <laughs> that a, a kicker can come out and be that impactful. But, man, I mean, I, honestly, I think Justin Tucker's the best kicker that's ever lived and is the best kicker in the game and is a easy Hall of Famer, which is also hard for me to say at that position. But Butker's right behind him now and doesn't get that credit that he deserves do you think it's a coincidence that the Ravens and Chiefs are the best two teams in the league? You know, I mean, they would be really good with average kickers, but with those guys, they're weapons, man. I mean, that is a big deal. Do you think that the Chiefs are – I know it's awfully difficult to repeat, but what kind of what kind of odds do you lay there? I think Baltimore is a superior team right now, but it's neck and neck. I don't know that this offseason was super kind to Kansas City. I mean, the interior of their offensive line, some spots on defense to me are quite weak. I think Baltimore's the more complete team. But Mahomes trumps Jackson, although that's getting close. I mean, that's a conversation. Yeah. I mean, they're two elite organizations. I can't wait to watch the Monday Nighter. You know, I mean, I'm sure we're going to have a really good conversation next week after that. Um, but I lean towards Baltimore right now if I had to have a Super Bowl pick. But Kansas City's right behind them. Uh, it's way early to do this, but uh, it's in the premise of the question. Of these 2-0 and o teams, Matt, who is for real? The Tennessee Titans, the Arizona Cardinals, or the uh, Chicago Bears? Bears are not. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I feel very confident that the Bears are not. I think they're a middle-of-the-road middle team that's playing better, especially on offense, than I expected, but I'm not sure that it keeps up. I think Arizona's a wonderful story with a star in the making at the quarterback position, a good young head coach, an organization that is absolutely trending in the right direction. But I think when it's all said and done, they're an eight- or nine-win team, which is a massive step forward from where they were last year, let alone the year before when they were picking first overall. Tennessee's a tough one for me. I mean, I think they're a high-quality team. 
I love the coaching staff. I think the organization is very strong. And I think Tannehill is not fluky in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I think he was a wonderful find and got a little bit of the short end of the stick in Miami. But I prob- I definitely put Baltimore and Kansas City ahead of t- Tennessee. And I probably put the Steelers and the Bills with the way Josh Allen started the season ahead of Tennessee. So contender is a pretty strong word for Tennessee for me. But they're, you know, one of the top ten teams in the league. What do you think of uh, Tom Brady so far with the Bucks? And do you think this is a, a situation that will evolve in the positive way as the season goes on, or do you have your serious doubts? I thought he was noticeably better this past week. I mean, I know his fantasy owners aren't doing cartwheels, and there's a lot of subtleties to his game that I thought were better in week two than they were the first week. And looking back against a good Saints defense, maybe we shouldn't have expected much from, you know, Brady or any team that had that much change this offseason without any preseason. So I do think he went a, a nice step in the right direction. But he needs a lot around him, in my opinion. And, and they, I think he has it. You know, Godwin and Evans and the tight ends and a good line and a very good defense that people don't talk about enough. But I think he's – I trust him more than I do trust Drew Brees, I mean, of, of these old guys. But I think it's clear that they're declining and that their skills aren't what they were. And what I said a lot about Brady last year, his last year in New England, was usually if you put together a, a, a highlight tape of his – a low-light tape of all of his bad plays, he would pretty much lead the league in the best low-light tape out there. Well, last year <laughs> – he had a lot more down plays than I had seen before. You know, just throws where you question, why'd you do that? Or the ball didn't get there like it needed to or crumbled in the pocket. And I kind of think that's who he is now. You know, when you when you rank the quarterbacks around the league, he's not in that top tier. I don't know that he's even quite a top 10 guy anymore. But I don't know that the, the Bucks need him to be a superstar either. And a big thing I would talk about even before he signed there, when it was clear Winston wasn't going to come back, was Tampa can be pretty good if they just have a quarterback that doesn't throw 30 interceptions like Winston did last year. Mm. And he's not going to do that. No, no, for sure. My, last thing from, from me here, Matt, and it's a selfish question. We're doing a survivor pool here on the big show, and <laughs> Jake lost the first. I think we may have told you Jake lost the first week right out, out. the gate. We let him back in. Uh, because if if you lose, you have to record an incriminating audio soundbite that we use against you. Who what what what? Who is the number one lock will win this week? And why can you Ooh. not let Gordon pick it? And I'll only be the one to pick it. <laughs> um, I don't have the schedule in front of me. You're putting me on the spot. To be oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Give me a couple to pick from. Well, I'm, I'm actually um, who are I'm some looking. Easy ones? Yeah, I'm looking uh, at, uh, well, I would have gone 49ers at the Giants, but the Niners are pretty injury riddled. Right, they the Giants. that turf there, and they get hurt on that turf all the time. Yeah. I, I don't love that one. Now, I, I think if I'm ever going to pick the Washington football team, it might be this week against the at Cleveland Browns. But then again, the Browns did what they did against the Bengals, which kind of surprised me too to for, to see them come yeah, back and get that one. I don't love that one either. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would lo- I would love the pick against the Jets. I'm trying to think who they play. Oh, uh, they're at the Colts this week. Oh, I like that one. 
I like that one okay. heavy. Yeah, so the, the Jets are a really bad team right now. And Phillip Rivers, you think, is going to be all right there with the Colts? I don't know about that. He's another one that turns the ball over way too much and is certainly declining. But the rest of the, the crew there, including the coaching staff, is quite strong. Hmm. All right, so there you yep. go, Gordon. You pick the yeah, Jets and I'll pick one. the Colts. All right, Matt, I have one final thing <laughs> okay. that, I ha- that I have to run by you. And this is something that uh, Austin and I are going to address later in the show, but I want to get Uh-oh. your opinion on what Joe Thomas said uh, during, a, I think it was a Locked On uh, a podcast or something, but he said uh, that no offense, let's see, let me get this right, no offense to defensive linemen, but usually you're on the defensive line if you're not smart enough to play on the offensive line. No, but yes, <laughs> in that basically you're not on the defensive line if you're not athletic enough to pull it off. I mean, the athletes on defense up front right now are ridiculous. And I will, re- if we do this, you know, the next 16 weeks, I will reference this a lot that the, the athletic and skill difference right now between defensive linemen is greater over the offensive line in the league than I've ever seen it. But one thing I learned, maybe the most important thing I learned when I was a scout in the league was if you're an offensive lineman with just the baseline athleticism and size and strength, I mean, not you know right at the bottom baseline, but you're tough and you're smart, you're really hard to get off the field and you're going to have a long, good career. So to his point, you don't have to be that smart to be a defensive lineman. You sure do to be offensive. And if you can be tough and smart, I can win a lot of games with you as an offensive lineman. So essentially what Joe is doing there is in the absence of great athleticism, I mean, like defensive linemen seem to have, he just needs to find a way to insult him and compliment the position (laughs) that he played for 11 years. Agreed. But (laughs) sure helps to be smart and tough on that offensive line. (laughs) Uh, He's Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show and the Locked On NFL Podcast Network. Matt, thanks for your time. We'll catch up with you next Tuesday. It was a blast. Thanks again. You be well. That's Matt Williamson, our NFL insider. Gordon, it's time to talk now with Matt here at My Hearing Centers. 801-438-7058 is the phone number. We've been telling you about it all afternoon. If you're one of the first 30 to call in and uh, get scheduled for a free private hearing evaluation and a 30-day risk-free trial of the latest technology, you'll also be entered into this drawing, Matt, for a brand-new state-of-the-art set of Hearing aids. Hearing aids. Yeah. Uh, for so I was going to say <laughs> AirPods because they look, they look just like, like AirPods. AirPods. Yeah, they're they're just tiny. You open them up. This case actually holds three days worth of charging, so you don't have to after you plug unplug it from the wall. Once you know the hearing aids, put it in there, put it in your pocket. It's going to charge for another day worth of charging. You get wow. three days. Of, so you basically can take this out, go on a long weekend. You know, go camping, whatever. You're going to be able to recharge those hearing aids. You don't have to worry about charging. Huh? It's it's hunting season, so if I, oh. if you, if you're a hunter, this is this is great for you. You take it out, you're going to be able to hear. And we actually do get quite a few hunters that come in right around this time. They say, "Hey, can I get a new program in my hearing aid? I'm going to go out and hunt. I want to be able to hear everything that's going out 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 in the foliage." And so we can set the hearing aids so they can hear all the footsteps, all the movements, what's going on out in the uh, in the in the foliage in the country and 
and then you're done with it, put it in their pocket, don't have to plug it in, it's recharged, ready to go tomorrow. Gordon, you're a, you're an accomplished uh, hunter and outdoorsman. Is that something that you think is important while you're out there? Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. Why wouldn't it be? Uh-huh. Yeah, he, he's not. But no. it is important <laughs> to, to I, be I, able I, to I, hear uh, the twigs yeah. snapping. And the yeah, I didn't, I didn't know how serious you were there. No, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a cover. I don't know what to tell now, you. Now, now fishing, fishing, I can tell you all about. Oh, here hunting. we go. Not quite he, so. he caught a fish this big. Last week it was this big. This week, Gordon, right? <laughs> this big. Uh, all right, uh, Matt, 20 offices across Utah from Logan to Nephi. Tell us about the hearing aids themselves. We talked about the charge that you get out of this. But there's 16% smaller with 20% more battery life, Bluetooth, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, all, all kinds of stuff. We actually have an app that uh, that, that you can hook, uh, put on put onto your phone, and uh, you can control your hearing aids right right from the app. So you, you pull that up, and you have, you know, you want to turn the volume up and down. You're able to t- turn the volume up and down. Then we have this really cool feature that's that's for directionality. So Oh, wow, that's easy to use. Yeah, Look really easy that. to use. This is a kind of set auto, but let's say I just want to hear the people in front of me. All I do is that, and all of a sudden I'm just hearing the people in front of me. Let's say I just want to hear the one person in front of me, narrow that band, and I'm just oh hearing gosh. that one person in front of me. That's I don't, cool. So this is great for restaurants. This is great for business meetings. This is great for sitting in your car, and you, you want to hear that person behind you. So you can just focus on the person that's right behind you. Yeah. Right? Or or the kids are fighting on or a the road kids trip are fighting, in the back seat. You turn them you off. And you can turn them off. <laughs> yeah. The other fun thing about this, and, 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 and you know, you say you're say you're in a meeting or somewhere you don't want to be. Well, you can stream. Church. I didn't say that. Yeah. Church, wherever it is, you can stream <laughs> the sound from the phone right in your hearing. So you can watch your NFL football right here, streamed into your hearing aid, and uh, you're watching on your phone. No one knows the wiser. Unbelievable. Give them a call, 801-438-7058. You owe it to yourself to at least get this free evaluation of your hearing and see where you sit. Uh, it, it's unbelievable how many people go through life not even realizing they have a problem it, it really is and so if you if yourself or loved one like you know you mentioned earlier your loved one had had the issue uh give us a call we'll, we'll be treating really nice have them come in free hearing evaluation and then we'll let them try the hearing it's risk-free for 30 days awesome 801-438-7058 he's matt from my hearing centers 801-438-7058 we're gonna hear from chip patterson next college football writer here on the big show you were standing with your girlfriends in the street Falling back on forever I wonder what you came to be Welcome back to the big show. I want to remind you about Soaring Network's home to complete business telecom and IT solutions. Backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st Century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. I'm Austin Horton filling in for Jake Scott, along with Gordon Monson at My Hearing Centers. Give him a call, 801-438-7058. Gordon, before we hear from uh, Chip Patterson, CBS Sports college football writer, and his enthusiastic approach to uh, the college football season, a little bit of NBA breaking news within the hour. Your guy, Jimmy Boylan, is out, as we know, with the Chicago Bulls. Yes. But coming in to replace him is Billy Donovan, who recently opted out of extending or re, re, uh, re-signing, I should say, with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Billy Donovan will now be the next head coach of the Chicago Bulls. And as Chris Mannix pointed out, they've got a clean book coming up after next season. What do you think of Billy Donovan? Do you think he's a good coach? Uh, I think he's a better coach than Jim Boylan. Whoa, shots fired. No, Hot I mean, take. that's that, that's pretty uh, that's pretty Obvious. understandable <laughs> from 
most folks. Uh, maybe the ball will go in the hoop a little more now. Uh, Better schemes under Billy Donovan? For that. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Will he pay for but breakfast when he takes people to breakfast? or? Just don't go there every two years and, you know, ask him questions. But, <laughs> oh, I, I think that's uh, that's an upgrade. And Chicago's been kind of a mess for a while now, and they need to, to have some structure in properly building that thing. And, uh, yeah, I, they they got better with this hire. The, the funniest piece of this news is that uh, Bulls star Zach Levine took to Twitter and replied to the Bulls tweet, welcome our new head coach, Billy Donovan, with prayer hands and dap hands, as, as in thank you, thank you, thank you for this next head coach, rather than, you know, the guy that wouldn't play Zach Levine. So, hmm. Well, yeah, and Billy, doesn't Billy strike you as kind of a guy that the players would like? I don't know all his history. I know yeah. what he's done in his past, but it seems like that's something that the players in general might be in favor of well uh quinn snyder coached circles around him in that uh playoffs with uh, against the thunder a couple seasons Two years ago. ago yeah quinn snyder i think can do that to a lot of coaches though yeah. and I, the only <laughs> the only problem i have with billy donovan really is he had to be ex- it had to be explained to him what a euro foul is in a press conference during that during that uh series which kind of set me back like you're an MB, you're one of the best apparently 30 coaches in the world and you've not heard the term euro foul but since then, he seems to have uh, done well with the Thunder and the Bulls. This is a good move for them, I think. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah, I, you talked about uh, him being coached, outcoached by Quinn. And like you said, uh, Quinn's done that to a number of coaches. But remember that Billy was working with uh, he was working with Paul George, and apparently Paul George has forgotten how to play basketball, if you ask his Clipper teammates. Uh <laughs> Did you see that story, how uh, many of the rank-and-file players were upset with Paul because uh, they thought he got special superstar treatment when uh, he was no better than they were, according to the story. Yeah, Doc Rivers has a history of kind of doing that uh, with some of his players, and I, I can understand that. What, what, I mean, he had a pretty good season, averaging 21.5 points, six boards, four assists, but uh, in the playoffs, it was not much close to, to good for uh, Paul um, George. And yet, playoff P? Yeah, playoff P. What a joke. Well, the, the most uh, uh, unassociated, uh, inappropriate name for an NBA star ever. Playoff Help me P. remember, in that series, the Jazz, obviously Donovan Mitchell was arriving on the scene, and uh, he, he, uh, he had that real nice uh, series there. But – didn't Paul George have a really great game in the first game and then after that kind of just faded away? I, I think you're remembering that correctly. Uh, and then there was some defensive switching, and they put Joe uh-huh. Ingles up on him a lot yeah. more. Uh, mm-hmm. And Joe Ingles shut him down. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know that you can be playoff P if you've never gotten past the second round. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, this is why the great players are established in the playoffs by uh, leading their teams in ways that uh, – that is out of the ordinary. Uh, you can have a terrific regular season all you want, but uh, you really earn your stripes there in the playoffs. And uh, some good players are a lot better than that than others. And that's why I always agree with uh, Yogi Berra that you know ninety percent of the game is fifty percent mental. 
And then a slight, slight, slight Major League Baseball breaking news. Uh, much like me, Andrelton Simmons has opted out of the rest of the uh, baseball season uh, for the <laughs> Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So both he and I don't care about the Angels for the next six days. Cause that's well, you, uh, you get, you've went. abandoned your team. You did they that abandoned right. me by not signing a pitcher <laughs> worth his weight in salt in the last ten years. That's well, what they've uh, done. Okay, that's so. fair enough. <laughs> uh, I, I, I am of the uh, persuasion – that if a team doesn't earn a fan's respect, it's not being fickle or fair weather for you to uh, excuse yourself when uh, when they really don't deserve your devotion. Yeah, th- this pl- in the playoffs. I'm a I'm a Padres fan. These playoffs, I'll tell you that right now. I hope they go oh. they go far, and I hope they meet the Phillies and sweep them. How about that? Oh. Sorry. Well, that hey, hurts. L- let's hear from a positive person. Shall we? Right. Chip Patterson, CBS Sports College football writer, he joined Hanson Scotty earlier, and I love his enthusiasm, although cautious enthusiasm, about college football's outlook. Scotty and I were talking about this. At this point, college football just hasn't gripped me. It, it, it hasn't been, you know, it's, it's been actually strange because I've covered BYU and Utah and Utah State here in the state of Utah for so long, and I played at BYU and have been around the college college game for so many years. And it just... Nothing feels the same. Nothing's gripped me. In ACC country, are, are people involved? Are you getting the feel that this is going to be an interesting season? How do you guys feel? Oh, heck yeah. I mean, it's, it, is, uh, it is a little bit uncomfortable, and I'll even admit that at the beginning, uh, I, guess, I guess maybe two weeks ago, I used the phrase, I said, admittedly, I understand and I'm acknowledging that I might be irresponsible with my excitement. It really might be. You know, I might look back and I might regret how full-throated I am about uh, my enjoyment and my excitement of being in the throes of a college football season. But when you've got Notre Dame as a conference member competing for a conference championship, a foil to Clemson in the league, and Clemson has just held so much dominance over the rest of the league that that little bit of difference, uh, the fact that, the ACC did away with division. No, no Atlantic and Coastal, which means that Atlantic teams no longer feel like they don't have a shot to even make it to the championship game because they're there with Clemson. And Coastal teams, you no longer have that Disney fast pass that gets you to the front of the line because you don't have <laughs> Clemson in your division. Like it's, There have been enough wrinkles and changes to introduce some intrigue to the ACC season that have really gotten me uh, fired up and interested in it. The football itself, has provided, um, you know, a couple of opportunities for us to recognize. I mean, certainly in a similar vein to what you all saw from the BYU-Navy game, you can see how the different levels of preparation that were done in the lead-up to the start of the season have had some real impact. I mean, we, I've seen teams that were really hit by uh, quarantine rosters come out, and it was very obvious in their first games that, that group of 11 had not gotten a whole lot of practice reps together. So there's been some hiccups and there've been plenty of bumps to remind me and others that this is not some normal season, but you know, I, I really enjoyed watching Miami Louisville last Saturday night. It was a fun game. There were a lot of touchdowns. Both quarterbacks were cooking and, uh, and that in terms of my natural biorhythms of the fall uh, gave me, gave me the juice for college football season. You know, back in August, uh, it seemed like 
that the dominoes were starting to fall. The Big Ten cancels. The Pac-12 soon follows. And it felt like, oh, boy, here we go. It kind of felt like in the NCAA tournament in March when one went, everybody else went and went really quickly. And then it just stopped. Was it the SEC that stopped it? Um, uh, who? How do you? Or was it the collective minds of the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12? Why did it just stop there instead of uh, taking everybody out? It was the Big 12, actually. Really? That's, I mean, there is, yeah, it, that was the linchpin. Um, ACC was not going to go forward if it did not have three out of the Power Five conferences still on board. And the ACC was had its own medical advisory group that said, you know, we feel comfortable moving forward, but the conference leadership in terms of the university presidents and some of the other important decision makers there didn't want to be standing on an island with the SEC. The SEC had always preached patience. And the SEC also, you know, gave itself a long runway. I mean, they, we haven't even seen an SEC team play a game. we got a very full slate coming up this weekend as they start their 10-game conference-only season. Again, another reason that I'm actually feeling kind of excited about college football right now but the ACC reached out to the Big 12 and was like, are you, are y'all in or out? And there were, uh, and I think I remember, I don't have the date in front of me, but I remember the week that you're referencing where it seems like everything was hanging in the balance. There were two to three meetings on like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from the Big 12 where they continued to consult with their medical advisory groups. And they actually came out of those meetings instituting the protocols for the EKG uh, monitoring and, and the further heart monitoring to be able to address concerns about myocarditis, inflammation of the heart after a COVID-19 positive test. So once the Big 12 was able to address that, which was reportedly a big swing point in the Big 10's decision-making, the Big 12 said, okay, you know, we've got these systems in place not only for the testing going in, but for support and care for those who do test positive. Then the Big 12 sort of took its next step forward. And once the Big 12 said it was in, the ACC affirmed that it was in. And, again, SEC has been patiently uh, in, or at least not pulling out the entire way. But I think that if the Big 12 had folded, that really might have been the big domino. What's the premier game this weekend everybody should be paying attention to? Uh, I mean, can I be a good company man and just go <laughs> and tell you to uh, watch out? I mean, so LSU at Mississippi State, I mean, you're not going to recognize LSU. Last time we saw them, it was one of the greatest college football teams of all time, and now they've lost like 15 players to the NFL. Mike Leach at Mississippi State, lots of interest there. The Miami-Florida State game on Saturday night is loaded with intrigue because we've got all this hype behind Miami and Florida State, so much disappointment after losing its opener to Georgia Tech. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but Mike Norvell, the new Florida State head coach, tested positive for COVID-19, so he's not even with the team right now. So you're loading up a Miami program with expectations and with hype, and I've seen this movie before. So I think that game is going to be closer than expected and maybe a little bit more nerve-wracking for Miami fans uh, than they would like to admit. But then, you know, you you start to look around elsewhere and it's a little bit more of a choose-your-own-adventure. I think the Big 12 took a lot – there was only one Big 12 game last week, so we're going to get a lot of those Big 12 teams back in action. You know, Texas and Oklahoma are clearly the 1% in that league, and I think there's a big drop-off after that. Texas plays Texas Tech. 
Oklahoma plays Kansas State. They both should win handily, but I'm still just watching them on a week-by-week basis. Very, very hard grader as I try to consider uh, which one of those teams is going to be better against the other. So the last week was a little light, I will admit, but uh, I do think that it's a full slate this weekend. There you go, Gordon. Chip Patterson of CBS Sports, college football writer. who's on with Hanson Scotty earlier. He He's an enthusiastic guy. He likes that there's football, but as we saw with BYU canceling uh, the Army game and now canceling fans in attendance this coming weekend and the next, it's kind of a volatile day-by-day, minute-by-minute situation, isn't it? Yeah, it's – look, this is a situation that is to be handled with great caution. I have no problem with what the Big Ten and the Pac-12 did. I mean, I understand that there might have been some reasoning as far as liability goes and all that other stuff, but I have no problem with them being extremely careful with uh, approaching putting uh, student-athletes on on the practice field and on the field in general. Uh, And I've said this many times, but what what flipped me was when uh, they could be tested every day. Uh, I think that made it about as safe as it could possibly be. But there's no way I would put fans in the stands right now, not with the way, especially in our state, where it's just going crazy. And I think, uh, well, BYU is doing what what it has to do with the elevated status of uh, the, uh, you know, the precautions in Utah County right now. But uh, anyway, uh, so hopefully they'll be able to get this under control as soon as possible, and then we can edge back toward toward some version of normalcy. But uh, we're living through a pandemic right now, and that's that's to be acknowledged, and it's to be handled with extreme care. Do you really believe uh, the Big Ten, Pac-12, whoever else made those decisions uh, out of safety precautions, or was there financial avoidance worked into their decision to uh, not have big expenses by still holding a season without revenue coming in? Uh, I, I, I don't know that. I I think the initial uh, impetus was, uh, one, a concern for student-athletes, and two, was the liability issue. What's motivating them to come back now? Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Uh, it could be that they don't want to be left behind by the other conferences that are playing. Um, yeah, I think I think now it it kind of has to be. Yeah, uh, and it's, and they it's were not taking... that much safer. But you just have the testing. You can still yeah. get the COVID. Uh, and it, the... but you know. So anyway, you can still get it, but your your the odds are are much in much <laughs> of spreading it. Are That's much diminished, right? Uh, under these scenarios, you can. Uh, I thought Kalani Sataki hit the nail on the head with it yesterday when he was talking about it. He said, "You can be as careful as as anyone, and you can still get it." Yep. And that that's true. I mean, that is true. But that shouldn't prevent anybody from being as careful and cautious as possible. And that's something that still needs to get through to a lot of people in our society, unfortunately. Coming up next, it's time for the Not Sports Report. I've got a quick movie question I'll try to piggyback off of Gordon, but uh, we'll get to the Not Sports Report next at 5 o'clock. Ben Anderson talking about jazz free agency targets as the big show rolls along right here on The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
Welcome back. Time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the Larry H. Miller Used Car Dealerships. Get to the big green buildings where you'll save thousands. Larry H. Miller Used Car Dealerships, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, Not Sports Report time. Hit us. Yes, I have three items to three. address. Jeez. Three. Real quick. The first one, summer's officially over. Thank you for that. That is kind of, I get sentimental about the end of summer. I don't. But good riddance. Bring on the best season. Really? Is fall your favorite season? It's the only good season. Yep. What? What? The other three are terrible. It's either too <laughs> cold, too hot, or too many allergies. Yeah. <laughs> Fall okay. is the right, right space. Yeah. The second thing is, uh, in October, obviously, you have Halloween, and the CDC oh. has flagged trick-or-treating as a high-risk activity. So, my question to you, uh-huh. as the father of a young child, Don't would do you be willing... Don't do this. Would you be willing to go to the store and buy... Bags full of candy bars for your little girl so she doesn't have to go door to door. Uh, well, yeah. First of all, she's two. She doesn't know <laughs> trick-or-treating is a thing. So right now I'm winning. Uh, as long as I can keep her aware, unaware of any holiday, it's a, it's a victory. Oh, come uh, but, on. You're not going to keep that from her, are you? <laughs> but my wife is completely, completely into Halloween. And she's come up with, I think, no less than 20 different costume ideas for her and us to wear. And uh, I keep us. saying, I keep saying, you know, you know, going door to door and sharing germs with everyone in the neighborhood. Probably not the best COVID activity. And then she says, well, everyone's wearing masks and everyone's wearing gloves. And I'm like, well, I don't can't, I don't know what I can say to that other than I hate Halloween and I would rather not. But I, I, I bet you anything, Gordon, I lose this war. And uh, we go trick or treating. Oh well, there's no doubt you're going to lose that war. Yeah, I mean, in fact, there, there is no war. It's I'm just an old man yelling at a cloud <laughs> in this discussion. It doesn't matter okay. what I say. I do worry a little bit about the high risk activity, but you can still have fun with it. What yeah, are you going to go wrapped. as? I'm sure it's you know. What I'm are you going to go as? I'm gonna. Oh, great! Now my wife's calling me. Not great. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go as whatever my wife wants me to go as, and I'll do so happily with nice. love in my heart and praise in my voice. Nice kick, Steve. Yeah. Now, what? Uh, why the third you, item? Quick. Why, uh, why do you? Why do you hate Halloween? Where do I begin? Um, it, it's stupid. How is that enough? Uh, <laughs> is that enough of a reason? Uh, I don't know. It's it's. It, it, you know, you can go with it praises evil things, uh, or you can go with it's just an excuse for people to act the fool, or you can go with it's usually snowing and eight degrees in Utah, and we're all wearing coats anyway, but we had to spend sixty, eighty, a hundred dollars on a costume the day before that's now under our winter clothing. Man, I don't Should know very many people who hate Halloween. I mean, the kids love it. They love also, dressing up. The doorbell gets grating. It really does. It's it's awful. <laughs> I usually just stick the bowl out there and say, when it's gone, it's gone. So, all right. The third thing. <laughs> now, yes. there, there was a man in Pennsylvania who was a paraglider, and he went out for a fly <laughs> or glide. A fly. Okay. <laughs> Here we Whatever. go. Whatever. And report. He, 
He was no, no. He he was he he floated through and did his uh, flight, his glide, and he landed, and he went home, turned off his phone, turned off the lights, and went to bed. While meanwhile, authorities in Pennsylvania got a call for a missing paraglider, and they went out and they were searching for this guy for hours on end through he the night. He didn't tell anyone he made it. He he did not communicate with so anyone. He, so he called someone up said, hey, I'm going hang gliding. If you don't hear from me by such a time, <laughs> call the authorities. Then he just went to bed and zonked? No, I'm what not sure that he called anybody up and said, hey, if you don't hear from me, then go search for me. But obviously someone knew that he was out, and they did not know that he was safely tucked in bed. So he was <laughs> napping away, sleeping away, mm-hmm. while all the authorities were out on search and rescue looking for a missing paraglider. I, mm-hmm. There's just something about someone being comfortably home in bed while <laughs> other people are scared to death or working their tails off. Yeah. They even had divers. There was a lake in the area. Oh, my word. And they had divers. Uh, Did no one knock to... on his door? <laughs> Didn't you start there? I, you would think. You would think so. But mm-hmm. maybe you know. Maybe Not he call was the National Guard and Coast Guard out. <laughs> you might want to you know knock on the door and check. Maybe he was, maybe his bedroom was far removed from the front door and yeah. uh, he, he didn't hear. Or maybe whatever. he needs to get his hearing checked. <laughs> okay. See what I did there? See what I did there? Maybe he uh, needs go. to call That's my hearing over. centers at 801-438-7058. Matt, if someone is, you know, uh, mistakenly being searched for high and low from the very corners of every part of the earth and they're home alone in bed, and they just didn't hear anyone knock on the door, they should probably come see you guys. You, you, well, it doesn't take that much. Oh. But if, if they've gotten that far. There's more signs before that? Yeah, you, okay. you've missed some other signs. <laughs> I, I, I generally say if the TV's turned up too loudly, if you're asking your, uh, asking people to repeat themselves, those are good enough signs. So you don't, don't wait that long. <laughs> don't wait for the Coast Guard to call you up and say, you need to get, get your hearing checked. No, yeah. no, it's, it's you've, you've gone too far. And, and frankly, you know, there's, there's – been studies done that um, hearing loss just doesn't affect how hard someone's going to knock on the door or uh, people repeat themselves. It also has other physiological effects as well. A person with hearing loss is at higher risk for Alzheimer and dementia, really? a higher risk of depression, um, a higher risk of falling and more hospitalizations. So the reason we encourage people to get their hearing tested is, is we want to help you. But not just with your hearing, I want to help you with your your, your overall life satisfaction. Mm. And so um, the great thing, a more recent study shows that a person that does do some of the other hearing loss, it actually can reduce the chances of them developing things like dementia and Alzheimer's wow. just by taking care of the hearing loss early. So the sooner you take care of it, not only the better life you're going to have, the more the more social interaction, the uh, enjoyable, pleasant social interaction you're going to have, but the healthier you're going to be long term, and you'll uh, will hopefully avoid the Coast Guard coming to your home <laughs> as well. So yeah. uh, all great reasons why to get your hearing checked. And tell me about the hearing aids these days. It's no longer. I remember, uh, you know, as a kid, I had a few friends that had to wear the headgear at yeah. night. Uh, technology came a long way in that regard. We've come light years in far as far as like size and look and aesthetics for hearing aids. Yeah, size, look, aesthetics, uh, quality of sound. The pro- it's actually a small computer now that sits behind your ear with a power cell that uh, that supports it. It's got uh, low range Bluetooth, so you can connect to your cell phone. You're able to get a a beautiful sounding, um, uh, unique 
uh, hearing aid custom just for you. And then you're able to take that out into the environment and enjoy it again. So like we said earlier, the, your, your social situations are really, you're really going to affect it. If you're working currently and you have a hearing loss, you need to come in. We've actually found that they've done studies have been done that a person with, a hear, with an untreated hearing loss actually makes less than their peers hmm. because they don't have those opportunities for the, the, the promotions and the advancements that other people that can hear. So all those are great reasons why you should come have your hearing tested. And then guess what? You get to try it risk-free for 30 days. And at the end of the 30 days, we're going to give you some gift cards to either Megaplex Theaters or, or Red Lobster or Olive Garden as a thank you. And one more thing, you sign up today, we're going to put you into a drawing for a free set of these hearing aids. That's, I, I always say, I've always lived by this saying that I just created right now in my mind. <laughs> always say it. Good things come in freeze. Free <laughs> evaluation, free risk-free uh, uh, 30-day trial, yep. and a chance to win a free set, set of, of hearing, hearing aids. aids so. Good that's, things come in free. That's what we believe in, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Matt here at uh, My Hearing Center's call right now. Be one of the first 30 to get in. 801-438-7058. 801-438-7058. More of The Big Show next here on The Zone.